there is nothing weirder and sweeter than coming up with some stupid shit when you're 17 in high school and then seeing Burt Reynolds say lyrics, say, say, now lines, and you go, oh, <laughs> That was a good moment. And people were like, why would you ever license your game to Uwe Boll? And I was like, how many movies have you made? Well, that was Chris Taylor talking about the Dungeon Siege movie mm. that he did with Uwe Boll. You know, that was actually something I wanted to bring up to him uh, when we were talking, because I was working at a studio in Austin. I don't know if you know the whole... I, th- I want to say Did you work on Blood Rain? Did you work on no. Blood Rain? No, but okay. I... I worked on, on uh, I worked at Replay Studios, which actually made a game with Uwe Boll, where you'd buy the DVD. Hmm. It was a it was a Vietnam movie, and the DVD came with a first person shooter of the movie. It was a really interesting concept, and I worked on with them on Velvet Assassin. What was the name of that? I can't remember the name of that that movie, but it was one. It is the same like I remember Velvet Assassin. Yeah, I worked on that, but it, this was. Um, this was the game they did before. They made a custom engine. But I was working in Austin, and it turned out that the German government had this, uh, the entertainment industry, had this weird tax loophole. So if, especially if you lost money in the entertainment industry by investing in it. And that's why you see, this is what I heard. I don't know if I'm right, if this is true or not, but I was working on a game in Austin where it was tons, it was going to be like $30 million or something crazy. And the game was terrible. It was like this like high school MMO where you're in a high school. I mean, I guess nowadays I can kind of envision it. That rings a bell. Yeah, we got canceled. And it turned, it, we got canceled the day after the German government, because it was German investors, after the German government passed a law that, that with this entertainment loophole, where apparently a lot of, Money was getting invested yes, into entertainment. I remember that. I, I believe um, I believe they were giving tax credits for um, media investments, which is why we're, yeah. there was a lot of. I, I looked up Uwe Boll's uh, IMDb. Um, I'll just give you. I'll give you the quick list. Uh, in addition to Dungeon Siege, there was Postal, Rampage, House of the Dead, Far Cry. I forgot they made a Far Cry movie. Alone in the Dark. And Blood Rain. There's one more, right? There was one with... Uh, is that all of them? Or maybe I'm thinking of... Well, Blood you know, Rain. his filmography goes is fairly extensive. I might have missed one that was a video game. Yeah, there's tons. Yeah, and I think a lot of people... And if you look at all of those movies, they all have A-list actors. All of them. Like the guy that played Gandhi is in one of them. Ben Kinsley, yeah. Yeah, but he, he's in one. And then... Um, and like the rest of the cast is like A list, and if you look at Dungeon Siege, it's also like an A list cast, and they were paying them a lot of money. So it's like they think there was this like tax thing, like spend as much as you can. I don't know, mm. but we got canceled yeah. the day right after that law passed, and I will never forget that. Yeah, there's a lot of film, uh, film TV game stuff happening. Is there? Did you see Amazon bought? The Tomb Raider franchise for six hundred million bucks. No, I think they're going to make a TV show. See that. What? Yeah, 
Dude, Tomb Raider's perfect for a TV show. I love that game series. It would be pretty good, like a serialized adventure. That sounds pretty cool. I'd watch that. Yeah. That and Uncharted. <clears throat> Have you seen the show? Um, yeah, like Uncharted. Yeah. Although they made a movie out of Uncharted. Yeah, I haven't seen the movie, though. It's got the Spider-Man character, the actor. But that you got to narrow it down is, a little is bit. Is Drake. Okay, that's right. There's been like 14 <laughs> Spider-Mans. Uh, the latest Spider-Man guy. Zendaya's boyfriend, I right? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Holland, Todd. You know Holland, all the names, man. <laughs> you Tom know Holland? all the Is that details. his name? <laughs> Tom Holland. Yeah, that's right. Tom Holland. That's Tom his name. Holland. Yeah, that, that dude is Drake, <laughs> which is like, whoa, man. Mm. And you know what's funny is they, I can't believe they didn't use the original voice actor as the actor because he looks like Drake. Was that Nolan North? Who was yeah, that? Yeah, Nolan North. Yeah, Nolan huh. North. That's a cool name, too. Man, I want I wonder how you store the names in your head. You know? Cuz I have 0% of that superpower. When I made my character, I didn't get that. I didn't put any points there. <laughs> <laughs> they went into other places. It's not even on the sheet, man. It's not that useful. Um, <laughs> it's not even on the sheet. I watched uh the show called Hello Tomorrow. Have you heard of this show? No, I haven't been watching any TV. You watch a lot of shows. Where do you have the time, dude? Okay, sorry. Go that's like, time. you know, that's like, yeah, we're not at the time. I just got laid off, man. I got time. Um, <laughs> yes. So, hello tomorrow. We try to eat dinner, the whole family, and then, you know, mm-hmm. the kids are off doing homework, going out. That's what it is. Laura the kids watch, are off. Yeah, we watch, that's what it we is. watch a show. Um, okay. Actually, it's about to get difficult because ted lasso's coming back mandalorian's coming back Ooh, uh, the last of us is on so there's it went from a, a little bit of the winter desert now to the excess of spring but in any case yeah. you might like this hello tomorrow show because it's got stubs the zombie vibes to it it's like oh set in an alternative future it's got hovering cars it's got robot talking robots that look like retro robots making you drinks and stuff it's got uh, it's got that vibe to you it you know that was my favorite thing do you remember pumpbot yeah i do i remember all <laughs> my favorite character in any of our games pumpbot really i like stubs <laughs> i thought stubs was a good character his face yeah. yeah that game that was one of the things i loved the most about that game like working on the levels was like using that future retro, and then a lot of games came out after that. There was the, um, there was a yeah. few games that started doing that stuff. I think like Fallout yeah. kind of yeah. does that too. Yeah, I think like it was a cool vibe. First. That was that was mostly Matt Matt Sell driving uh, those ideas. It's got some good stuff. So I've been no you you know have you ever heard that when people they listen or hear? Have you heard anybody do a speech on the differences between listening and hearing? And I've been, I've been experiencing that nuance between those two words. I've been experiencing the need to and have to, like if those are the same or if they're different. And what I'm talking about is like now that we're laid off, like when I had my job, my day was completely structured around have to or need to because I have a job, right? I got to go. I have people uh-huh. depend on me. You know, I have, we're working on a game together. There's all these like, I'm, I'm a dependency on other team members and you know, I have a job, I got to work so I don't get fired, you know, this kind of stuff, right? And then I love what I'm doing, like all that. And then when that's gone, my day is now, is it have to or need to? So now I'm like, I'm still doing stuff, but it, the energy behind it is completely different. Do you know what I'm talking about? This is really interesting. I have, I have, um, 
My take is a little different, but probably the same ballpark. It, the structured part, like the structured part of my day was really around um, just so much incoming. You know, like I had a calendar that somebody else mm-hmm. managed for me that was mm-hmm. pretty much like I would have average day 14 Zoom meetings a day. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd have, you know, what did we have? Like 20 Slack channels plus direct messages on Slack that we'd be just constantly getting pinged on. Um, I, and I, I actually had to use email. <laughs> I don't, the kids don't use email anymore, but I would yeah, get, funny, yeah. you know, <laughs> things to approve in email. I would get, um, compliance things to reply to, um, mm. uh, you know, at, at the division level, any coordination between the different projects and teams and central stuff all, would all come through. So there was just so much inbound mm-hmm. and now it's all, that's all fading away. Like tomorrow, I looked at my calendar for tomorrow. Oh, what's going on tomorrow? I got a haircut at eleven o'clock. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's I'm my, hanging out with Aaron all day. Let's do a forty a forty five hour podcast. I'm just oh, yeah. <laughs> like, no more. <laughs> it's so freeing. It is so freeing. Yeah. And for the first time in a while, I feel like I own my myself, my thoughts, my. Mm. Like, I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, I don't have – there's a lot that I don't have, I guess, have to do. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is it a have to or need to? I would say like 70% of that stuff didn't matter. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, it may have mattered a little bit here and there or whatever, but didn't really matter if our, you know, our, our reason for getting up in the morning is we're working on this project together. Like mm-hmm. 75% of that stuff that was coming in didn't matter. It didn't. And it's such a – intellectual waste you know that's what, what do you I mean it didn't matter what do you mean by like like okay uh i gotta approve somebody's expense report oh i see what you're saying okay that's something that has to happen and and right, that's right, right. and that and that makes it so that nobody defrauds the company because there's a check and balance yeah but it has mm. nothing to do with uh building a game you know Sure, sure. I see. What it, you mean. it matters, but whatever. It, it matters in a different way. You know, when yeah. you're if yeah, if if you and I were just like we're making this podcast, we like spun it up in a week, and we're doing an episode in a few hours, right? And that's like mm-hmm. we're not doing anything that doesn't matter, except you know when we just talk shit and it's fun. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely approving expense reports and having meetings where people are like talking. And it's a lot of talking. Like going to a staff meeting that's filled with leads of like all these other projects. It's like, okay, cool, interesting. Oh, I learned yeah. something. For you. They're they're fixed. They're doing something over here. Uh, okay, maybe I should watch out for that. Or oh, there's whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like, mm, yeah, I'm gonna build something. Again. An hour a week there. That's yeah, yeah. I remember that was one of the things too that struck me on Stubbs. That I remember was, and I want to say we talked about this in the lad podcast, or maybe you and me did on a separate call. But um, you did all you did the dancing game, the whole like you would come in every you made that part in stubs. So that's kind of what you that mattered. Is that something to you that would you wake up every day and that matters because that matters to the game, to the team. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. It ends up on yeah. the screen. You know, it's it, and it ends yeah, up yeah. in the product or the you know how a, a a the audience, the player would experience it, and you know mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah, 
And that's not to say that all the the roles that go around the creative production of a project don't matter. They they do matter. It's important. It's you need to have that whole is the sum of all those parts but yes. you know in a corporate job there's a lot of overhead there's just a lot of overhead and and with it gone now i feel very liberated with it gone all right shall we should we get to um should we get to our good friend chris taylor we'll queue up the interview and let's go yeah Today, we have a gift, and that gift is a conversation with Chris Taylor, longtime game industry veteran and innovator. Chris started his career in the late 80s working on the baseball franchise Hardball, went on to make the RTS game Total Annihilation. That's my favorite in your catalog. Went on to found Gas Powered Games, where we had a chance to, to work together briefly. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Dungeon Siege, Supreme Commander. And eventually got bought by the industry giant behemoth of Wargaming.net. Is that really their whole name? Is it Wargaming.net? The .net is part of the part of the logo? I think it was originally. I bet you if we checked, they probably tightened that up to just Wargaming. We were talking about that the other day. But Chris, welcome. Thank you. It's so great to see you. Nice to see you. Thank you for joining us. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to meet you too, <laughs> So... Um, you know, I was thinking about this because, uh, when I first saw one of your games, it was Total Annihilation and it was in, what was that? 97, I think. Cause we it were was, just, we were working on myth. So we yes. were both doing RTS games at the same time and Total Annihilation, all your characters, were they, they weren't sprites, right? They were 3D, the, the units. Yeah. The rendering, um, where we ended up landing on that is we rendered them in their 3D. So when they rotated, they were pixel perfect for the terrain they were going over and the barrels would turn and there was all this independently articulating pieces. But the terrain that they were ultimately rendered on top of was a fixed perspective 2D bitmap that was rendered to look like a 3D terrain. That's amazing because that's like the opposite of myth where myth was an actual height map that was rendered for the terrain. Right. But the units, right. we, we, we had these, uh, what were the, those dumb like Unix machines that had like the really expensive 3d modeling software. And I can't remember they were purple and they were the Cyrus or something. Onyx. They, they cost onyx. like Onyx. They cost like 20 K a station. Yeah. I oh animated on an Onyx. A soft yeah. homage one. So yeah. So we would make these mod and then when we would just render out the sprites, for the characters. So the characters right. were all sprites, but the, the, but so anyways, when total annihilation came out, um, uh, it was, it, it was like our competition. So yeah. I took notice. I appreciate that. I took notice That's a sure. compliment. Yeah. Uh, oh, it was, was a, a member game. of, um, a guy named, um, Mike Wolf, uh, Michael Wolf came from PC gamer magazine to do a feature story on total annihilation. The, the humongous entertainment staff, which we were a subgroup, we were cave dog inside of the humongous and GT interactive actually owned humongous. So it's GT humongous cave dog. But we reached out to PC gamer and they sent Michael Wolf, and he sat there and he watched the demos and he's like, wow, this looks very impressive. This is very nice. But by the way, did you know that there are 100 other RTS games out there that are in development right now? (laughs) 
And I'm like, how do you know that? And he goes, well, because we're invited to go take a look at all of them. So he had this really critical piece of intel, which was that he knew what was going on in the industry where no one in the, no one would have known. He was there. Press were uniquely positioned to know, have a satellite, you know, telemetry of everything going on in the, in the the industry. That's right, kids. This was before like freaking internet, right? (laughs) Yeah. The internet was just, we were just watching the first episodes of, of uh, South Park that we were getting over the internet because remember South Park was so irreverent no no uh, legit uh, uh, broadcasting company or whatever would put that on the air if you remember the yeah. first episodes yeah. they were so yeah. naughty oh right yeah the bad ones would be only, <laughs> yeah. they could only be born on the internet right where it was lawless completely lawless <laughs> and then I think uh, Cartoon Network or who, who was it that ended up picking them up Cartoon Network yeah uh, no, Cartoon no, no. Network? yeah was it cartoon like at night or something? No, it was it Comedy was, Central. Was Comedy Central. Comedy yeah. Central picked it up, and they you were know, like, "We're going to go for it." You just reminded me of something. Whenever, whenever you did Supreme Commander, I remember at E three, y'all had this huge booth, and it it was the I remember the big story about it. There was that it was the only RTS at at like at the time, or was it the second Supreme Commander? There was like no, there weren't that many RTSs at E3 that year, and that was uh, kind of well, like one of the big. Was it Total Annihilation thinking, or you're thinking Supreme Commander? Supreme Commander, yeah. Which is a, yeah. which is kind of a, a sequel to that, isn't it? Well, we called it the spiritual successor, yeah, because we didn't have the rights, right? So when I here's a, here's some here's some in, inside stuff you don't hear much about. When I was at Cave Dog, right, um, there's this thing they call, you've, you guys have heard of this, called fiduciary responsibility. If you are inside of a company and you leave and you go build something that's directly competitive to what the thing you were doing at the company, they can kind of come after you and saying you were in a unique position, you had a lot of responsibility and authority, and then the team goes with you, you get into a lot of legal hot water, right? At least there was a fear of legal hot water. So... I that's why I, I my first title when I founded Gaspard Games was Dungeon Siege because we wanted to kind of church and state, you know, we mm-hmm. wanted to really keep the things separate away from each other. But when it came time to do Supreme Commander, if this was all starting to f- make sense, we were like, well, it's not a sequel to Total Annihilation. We can't say the words Total Annihilation. The press could say the words Total Annihilation and we would say it's this it's like a spiritual successor. So we had this sort of we were, were essentially what you're trying to do is you're trying to cash in on the brand without the lawyers coming after you. Yeah. I was pretty uptight. I don't think I had to be that uptight that I think I was, I was overdoing it, but I just couldn't, I couldn't, I can't stand lawyers. I mean, I can't stand <laughs> litigation. I can't stand all that stuff. Hey, so I was like, I don't want to have you ever, uh, anything to do. have you ever been in a lawsuit? You ever get, you ever get sued or threatened? no, Never. I would do everything I could, even losing millions, <laughs> losing game. millions of dollars. I've gotten two cease and desist letters in my career. The first one wow. was, um, yeah, when uh, the very first thing that I ever published was this Operation Desert Storm game. And Gordon, you know Gordon Walton? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so famous Gordon was... Konami goes all the way. I think it was Konami yeah. where he started. It was, at the time, it was at Konami. And Konami had an yeah. office in Chicago. And I I had gone out. I think I had pitched them or something. I can't remember exactly how this worked, but he was local, and he was he was, you know, back then in the '90s, 
I guess there weren't that many veterans of the video game industry because it was just, True. you know, it, it, it was just like it was 10 minutes old. And uh, But Gordon had been around. And uh, mm-hmm. they had filed a trademark for Operation Desert Storm. And I, and I just like, I'm one kid. Like, this is, I was my senior year of college. I wrote this program. And I was like, fuck it. And I shipped it. And they sent me a cease and desist. And I ignored it. And they never did anything. Ah, what a great story! <laughs> the I second was one, it was going to be a happy. Then they're going to no, hear the, this well, podcast. Well, the second one, like, oh. yeah, 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 yeah. hey, yeah. Uh, the second, the second one was um, when we was myth. So when you were doing Total Annihilation, we were doing myth, which was this, uh, which was also an RTS game. Um, and the re- the full name of that game was Myth: Colon The Fallen Lords. It was, yep. you know, fantasy setting everything. But it was originally, it was just great. I loved I loved and, it, by the way. Thank you. Yes. Uh, great game. Um, a lot of people. The, uh, really good yeah, posters, uh, too. The, I got. I have one over here. I'll have to bring it around. The the posters are amazing. I keep all the, my um, When we game. first started doing press, I get a phone call um, from Rand and Robin Miller, the guys who did Mist. And they're like, oh. hey, man. Myth, that's ah, that's too close. You gotta change the name. <laughs> and I was like, "What?" And uh, they were, you know, they were pretty cool. And we eventually were like, "Hey, I think we're gonna add this subtitle." And they were like, "All right, all right whatever." And they went away. But they, but at first, I was like, "No, we're not gonna change the name." And they sent us a, a, an official legal letter, and that was terrifying because they had just. Myth, Myth was huge. I just imagine yeah. these guys were sitting on like a mountain full of cash and just gonna like snuff us out you know over name for for those people who don't know right that shipped on a bunch of dvd or cds yes sevens because it was was seven cd roms or maybe nine it was something crazy i remember it was some extreme number are my facts all messed up It was a lot of CDs. It was definitely on CD. It was in one of those big, thick black ones, remember, where you'd open it, and then it would just keep opening, and then you'd have all these CDs. (laughs) You can't even get a computer with a CD, a DVD drive or a CD drive anymore. This is sort of an illegal segue, or maybe it's not. Shit that came in game boxes in the early days that I loved and i wanted to pack all this cool shit into the box and the publishers are like cost of goods cost of goods and i'm like who gives a shit about the cost of goods let's give the people what they want yeah did you ever put any cool like maps or extra stuff in 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 your games we we had a look we got away with a little bit now and now and then but nobody nobody seemed to be able to rally like blizzard and put those notepads in which gave the box that extra weight. And I was like, not only yes. did you get the weight. <laughs> I never used the notepad. The so we, yeah, I kept it as like a collector's yeah. item. Like, what was you the don't one that had care. all the maps and stuff? The like cloth uh, maps and... Oh, uh, that was Baldur's Gate. Origin oh, and Origin. Man. Oh my God, mm-hmm. the Ankh. Oh, Lord British. You know, and the Ankh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What a fucking onk! <laughs> now it's uh, wallpapers for your, when, for before, your um Before, before you did to- was Total Annihilation kind of like the big, the first big game that you designed yourself? Yeah, I mean, there was a couple of conflating 
things there, right? Like I, I did Hardball to the follow-up to the very famous Bob Whitehead uh, Hardball game. And the sequel of that is kind of like doing Jaws 2, right? Like you just, it's not the same. You're like, are you Spielberg? No, you're not. You're just a dude. Like nobody knows who directed Jaws 2, right? Am I right? Am I right? Well, you right. two don't, which is good yeah. enough for me. <laughs> I was going to say Steven Spielberg? No? <laughs> no. It wasn't. He's it like, wasn't no. Him. No. He's like, I don't want to have him. anything to do with that. Okay, he doesn't so smoke, like, but if you yeah, smoke, I don't, yeah, I don't do think that. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so you started in sports games, right? That was yeah. your thing? Sports games? How many sports yeah, games yeah. did you work on? So so I did Hardball 2, and that was cool and all. I mean, it sold, like I think, like 100,000 copies. Are we, and are, then, were you and in the then, baseball? I know you're on a roll here. Were you in the baseball? I was not even slightly okay. into baseball. Okay. But ask me what a ground rule double is. Ask me what an infield fly <laughs> rule is. Ask me the difference between National League and American League. I know a lot about baseball for a guy who doesn't enjoy baseball. You know the rules anyway, of baseball. Then, uh, then we did a game. Me and um, uh, th- this was a game that was conceived by some of the management, and they wanted to bring boxing alive in 3D. We move the camera around, zoom in and out, and all this stuff. And so Jay McDonald was uh, a brilliant engineer, and we this was my first title where I worked with one other major engineer, um, and we built this game called 40 Boxing, 40 Sports Boxing, and then I went on and did Triple Play Baseball, the first EA EA Sports. It's in the it's game. It's in the game, yeah. Yeah, and that was a moment, right? Talk about cease and desist. Oh, my God, that's such a great story. EA Sports Network. It was E-A-S-N, and it was just like ESPN. So Disney sends a cease and desist to EA and says, you're on our lawn with the look and feel. <laughs> and so the EA guys are like, we need to come up with a, our own brand, I guess. And they came up with EA Sports. And it was genius. It was genius. And it was it a great out. example. It worked out of, pretty good. It's it was best. an example <laughs> where cease and desist, cease and desisted them to the next level. Yeah. So um, anyhow, long, long story short, I had enough sports games by about 96 Literally, I was full up on sports games. I did another baseball game called. That means I'm full up when I salute. Yep. Apparently, the um, the, uh, the uh, so I did a game, uh, uh, virtual stadium baseball on the 3DO, which no one saw. Just the people at the uh, the factory who made the CDs. I think yeah, no one, one had the 3DO. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Do you have it? Do you have a copy of it? I do. It's right here. Hold That's on probably second. worth a ton of money. <laughs> That's a, He's got like that's a, whole a box, rare, hopefully. A rare that item. Yeah. That I got 17 of them. Shit. Yeah, it's like, dude. You it can came buy out. A house the 3DO came out. Yeah, for like it a came month, out though, right? Or was it the Jaguar? How long was the 3DO out? It didn't make it a whole year. Was did the it? 3DO out longer than the Jaguar? That's a good question. Oh, uh, maybe. Maybe. I this remember was it the cost game. like $800. What? It's sealed? Oh, it's still shrink wrap. You got to get that graded, dude. <laughs> that's totally worth money. <laughs> You, yes. Is that wrong? Can I do that on your podcast? <laughs> it's audio only. It's, it's, you can do whatever you want. Take your shirt off. So it's they fine. Have, yeah, they have no oh, idea it's audio only? Are like you serious? Yeah. We'll do clips, though. So that might okay. make it to uh, the, the internet with your permission. I actually think it's great that it's audio only because now they'll all be wondering what I just did with the <laughs> yeah, CD. Exactly. <laughs> or we might cut uh, a video. Listeners, you, you no. don't want to know. You don't, don't want to know. Don't, don't cut a video. Okay. I have... The triple play triple baseball play. in the shrink. Nice. Oh wow. Yeah. And and I got a whole box. I got a whole. I could do this all day. We don't have time for now, this. I, and then I, forty yeah. boxing. That's, forty boxing that is was, gold. That's yes. 
Oh, so I remember 4D awesome. boxing. Wait, so They're was that Distinctive or was that EA? Who, this was, who published 4D boxing? Oh, okay, originally, it's EA, but originally it was Broderbund, or pronounced Bruderbund. Bruderbund. <laughs> if there's a Swedish person I listening, I'm yeah. sorry. I apologize, I butchered. Brotherhood or whatever Bruderbund. <laughs> Is Bruderbund from Swedish. Sweden? Was that a Swedish company? I think I it was a Swedish, Swedish name. Okay. It was, uh, uh, Doug Carlson and his brother, if somebody was fast on Google, we could figure it out. But anyway, the Carlsons started it, and I yes. think it was Swedish for brotherhood. Because they were brothers. Brother, yeah, a, brother yeah, train. Bon is train. Bruderbund. But it was oh, originally, okay. it was originally uh, sold as a concept by the distinctive software uh, leadership. And they had done this deal, and and then it, and then Electronic Arts bought Distinctive, and this deal, this game was going to fall into the crack between two companies, and so EA, I guess, managed to negotiate and bring the game over to be published, and um, that's the story of Forty Got Boxing. It. Got it. Um, well, you know what I, I was wondering. So, like, so you get the Cave Dog, and it's like, okay, my show now. This is the game I want to make. Were you? Were you like really into Command and Conquer or Warcraft or oh, I mean, oh. as, uh, yeah, dude, like, everyone uh, was Alex. Did you drink water it, well, at that time too? <laughs> okay. Those All games right. are the best. Oh. <laughs> just, just miss it. You guys Go remember ahead. a dude, a guy? Who, he's actually a friend. He's actually a friend. We don't talk much anymore, but we were really good friends back in the day. He's he was fifteen when I met. His name is Alex Garden. He founded um, yeah, Homeworld. Relic, Homeworld. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Homeworld is so a Alex game. was they're 15. That. Oh yeah. Yeah. Homeworld like Gearbox Gearbox mm-hmm. bought the uh, Homeworld the Homeworld yeah, yeah, I believe. They did yeah, a Kickstarter yeah. recently too. Yeah, Rand- so, Randy bought everything. So Alex Garden. <laughs> so Alex Garden, 15-year-old kid, he didn't have a lot of dough to be buying his games, so he was uh downloading his games from wherever he got them and he gave me this game illegally called Dune 2. Okay, all right. And yes. I played Dune 2, and it was like lightning. This yeah. is magic. This is absolutely magic. Dune 2 is it. And then I, who made this? Westwood. And I'm like, well, what's coming next from Westwood? Is it Dune 3? And they're like, no, we're making a game called Command and Conquer. And then they started showing screenshots, and I buy every magazine. And I was like, oh, my God. So long story short, Command and Conquer fell completely in love with it went through that whole like of like feeling like this is it but man alive is there some stuff that we could do different that we could take to the next level that we could really like like when my behemoth tank or whatever they were called mega tanks they would retreat they would turn their turrets like to the direction they were going to go and then they'd go and they'd have their ass to the enemy the whole time and i'm like no (laughs) you know how an m1 abrams works that thing can track multiple targets while going 60 kilometers an hour come on what's going on this is the future so anyways that's how total annihilation was born out of sort of like inspiration playing command and conquer and saying look there's a lot of cool shit we could be doing here that's the that's the story and it was alex garden who actually kind of put me on that trajectory illegal software awesome and then i bought a copy (laughs) so i could sleep (laughs) I, I, I shit you not, I'm not making it up. I have a That's copy good. of it around here somewhere. Yes, I believe Shrink you. Wrapped. I believe you. You kept playing. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, probably. <laughs> That's right. It actually, 
It actually is. Like, does it make it okay at that point? It does. Uh, morally. Okay. Kind of, yeah, morally, more. it does. Right? <laughs> Do you have, like, a crazy collection of, uh, of games over there? I This whole... <laughs> room is just jammed full of stuff and i have a whole studio a barn out there and it's got an upper area to it and it's filled with stuff if we ever if we, we if if the moment came i could do giveaways t-shirts posters signed stuff i have miles and miles of it and i really do need to unload i do need to get rid of this crap i'm okay. not All taking right. this to the grave hey are you playing any games right now are you playing anything Oh man, what am like I on playing? Like on phone, um, console, PC. I do play. You know what? It's funny. Like I like to code more than I like to play. But when I play, I've turned into some kind of weird person that I made fun of when I was young. I play Word Chums, people fun game what, with my mom. Alex plays Wordle. <laughs> yeah, we were yeah. talking about Wordle the other what day. What is it? Is it like? Yeah. <laughs> is that where everybody play, ends play, up and starts a company? I play Wordle. <laughs> I play Quirtle, and I play Octurtle. Like two flavors of Octurtle. I got so many turtles in my life. It's crazy. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's awesome. <laughs> what are you playing, Aaron? You're like the biggest gamer out of the three of us here right now. What are you playing? Fortnite. No, I don't play Fortnite. I'm oh. I'm not fast enough. I play. Uh, I've been playing a lot of mobile games. So Marvel Snap, which I always talk. You're about. playing Marvel Snap. Yeah, and I, and I yeah. was playing a lot of MMOs because what we were doing before we got laid off. So I was checking out a lot of uh, their systems and stuff, I, like uh, Marvel. What is it called? Marvel Injustice or something? Yeah, and a lot of Raid. I just ordered I a Steam Deck. I'm kind of, ex- I'm kind of excited to uh, start playing some more indie games on a mm. Steam Deck. There's do, so do, many good. Do either of you have a Steam right Deck? No. no, no. Is that out? Is it out? You it's get out. on a list. It's out. You get on the list, right? It it said like one one to two weeks of wait. When it came out, it was yeah, like you the, have to wait six months list, to right? get it. What 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 do they, they run? Um, a lot. Do you mean how much does it cost, or what games can it yeah. play? Cost oh, like how much does it cost? Three hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's what if one of those there, there, depends on how much storage <laughs> you want. I got the I got I got the one in the middle. It's like four four fifty or something like that. Oh, oh it's like a little it runs PC. most stuff. Yeah, it's it's a PC. It's like a, a port. It's like they took a but laptop, but, but, they but like it a, a Sega. Thing. What were they links? It's like a Sega Link size. Yeah, it's links. It's it's like kind of like a Switch size, but I yeah, guess it's, it's bigger, bigger than a Switch. People say it's a lot yeah, it's bigger, thicker than a Switch. But it's that form factor. You know, you hold it with two hands and screen yeah. in the middle. It's touch screen. Can you yeah, you maybe, maybe, maybe a little wider. Maybe you got you got big hands, so I don't know. <laughs> this is, so seriously, this is a podcast, so we do not have video. So this is actually hilarious to me because for the first twenty things. minutes, I thought we were. I was doing a lot of facial expressions. I was, try, yes. I, you know, I I made sure my teeth were clean before this, all for nothing. <laughs> we appreciate it, Chris. I love yeah. the effort. Thank you. Um, when, yeah. when you when you were growing up, did you have a computer in the house? I got my first computer when I was fourteen. I begged, begged, and begged, and I got what I asked for. I got a computer when I was fourteen. And what, uh, what was it? It was a TRS eighty. Oh model yeah, model one, model oh, one, yeah. level basic? two. Did you basic? Teach basic on there? Yes, I did, and I learned very quickly for all the aspiring game developers and designers out there that you couldn't do anything really good in basic. 
So I had to learn Z80. We called it Z80. America oh, called Z80. Because you're Canadian? Canadian. And yeah. Um, yeah, I had to learn Z80 assembly. And I have the book, all my original books. I actually even have the oh, original wow. TRS-80. I have that. Really? Wow. So you were you taught yourself assembly. Yeah. At 14. Wow. That's and pretty cool. And you just took that and like easy. spent it on a video game career, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, boy, I, I guess I, think, I guess what else are you going to use it for? Yeah, yeah like <laughs> databases for an oil company. That's like the next yeah. like the next oh, thing over. This is the weirdest thing. Maybe the people listening would appreciate this when they get that when they try to do things in their life and they get told no. My my dad had a saying, he goes one door closes, two doors open. I'm sure it's he probably heard that and that was, you know, it's true. Because I went to three job interviews when I was 21 years old. With this, I could code assembly in both Z80 and 8088. I had, you know, all this experience doing graphics and 3D stuff because I was doing this wire, 3D wireframe editor on a Tandy 1000. A friend of mine had a Tandy 1000. I borrowed it and I was doing all this cool stuff. I went to these job interviews, three different job interviews at corporate, um, corporate Canada, I guess. It was, you know, kind of like <laughs> those corp jobs, you know, working on the big mainframes of VAX. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, they're all like, no. Because those are useless skills in you know, our world. We want database people. We want people who are mm-hmm. mature and aren't as foul as you. So I'm like, I guess I'll have to go elsewhere. And I got my fourth interview was Distinctive Software, where they were like, holy shit, you're perfect. Yes. You're just the guy. <laughs> We've been waiting for you. And I'm like, I'm here. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. But anyway, um, that was my career. That was why I'm lucky. All those stiff, collared, you know, Vax, Uni, whatever, you know, um, Sperry Univac. Was that the IBM? Was that what IBM's mainframe was called? The Vax. That's a system three PDP eleven. I don't know. PDP. There, yeah, Yeah. the PDP stuff, which back then we didn't know anything about. We we're like, what is that? I'll, I'll tell you though. When I so when I went to college, I took a uh, it's like a machine language. It's not machine language, but it was like I, th- I think it was the, the the class was like machine architecture or something. We we mm-hmm. did, wrote some mm-hmm. assembly, and we you know learned about registers and 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 how data moves between the different components mm-hmm. of a computer. That was the class that pulled the veil back for me you know mm-hmm. you learn basic or you learn c or whatever it's like okay these are logic instructions but like knowing assembly you're like you're writing the instructions that set the bits and move the bits which is actually like flipping the switches inside the hardware it's like actually mm-hmm. it's it's like the physics of the computer which i've found very it was it was momentous for me when it, it, when it opened my eyes to, oh, this is not just like writing, a, it, this is not just doing an intellectual thing. There's a physicality happening inside yes. this box that I'm yeah. controlling with these instructions. It was very interesting, yeah. I thought. I don't know if and, you sort of no, feel the same way, but get, coming up yeah. now, I don't know, do they do, if you get a CS degree, do you even learn assembly? I have no idea. I don't think so, actually. I don't, I don't have conversations. Um, with people with CS degrees that I interview <laughs> that have any um, uh, assembly, it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty arcane or what is the word? It's pretty ex- yeah. eccentric arcane. or it's just yeah. like you know why would you want to? But 
I tell people there's a book written by a guy um, named Charles Petzold called Code, and its second edition just came out in the last year. It's a must-read if you're an aspiring computer programmer and you want to kind of understand the logic and the logic gates, the Boolean algebra, the and, <laughs> or, you know, NAND, nor, exclusive, or, and how math is done using those gates. So a shout-out to Charles Petzold and his uh, wonderful book called Code. That sounds right up your alley, Aaron. You think you're going to run out and get that book right now, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I learned on Pascal. I could see, I could see your eyes yeah. glaze over. It's like, yeah, whoa, it's like, whoa, what math. are y'all talking about? <laughs> math is no, actually, you know, I've been really into uh, geometry lately. Seriously, I've been like watching like geometry, like by like just how interesting, like, the, how, like how the, many... those math YouTube videos that teach you how to yeah. do. Like, yeah, like just there's so many interesting like things about geometry that like there's like a core rule set there that cannot be broken. You know, but oh, it's, oh, there it is. Look at that. Do Look we have that. time you have on the second edition for me to read? Uh, <laughs> Would you like to read a passage? A full chapter. <laughs> and now in the part of the podcast where we read a full chapter from a coding book. Let's start yeah. with chapter That'll one. That would be amazing. <laughs> 15. Yeah. Long pause. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably had you a little bit worried. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. I actually would consider reading um, something like that. Honestly. I did, I did Udemy coding classes for... Game Maker, which is really good, uh, just so I could understand how that stuff works, you know, to get like a nice little. Because when you, uh, you know how like when you work at a game studio and all the uh, all the departments are separated, you have uh, engineers who are like behind a curtain sometimes, and they're like, "Well, we can't do that," you know, or "We can do that," or and mm-hmm. um, you know, you can't tell. Like it's like, well, a lot of pe- designers and a lot of artists and a lot of other developers on the team don't really understand. So I wanted to kind of understand some of that stuff. And uh, yeah, w- one thing real quick. So you know how when you have like your um, your code up, you walk by a, a, an engineer that has all this code up and it's all beautifully colored and like there's like, it's, you know, it's just greens and yellow and everything means something and like they understand it just by looking at it, you know? I was always pitching an idea of being able to read like a book so you could have software that would convert a book and to look like this code. So you could just be sitting there reading, like, I don't know, Harry Potter or something, and no one would know. <laughs> wait, well, it just uh, looks wait, like wait. So, so this this software, so that like, if you're a programmer, you could like not be working, but you could be reading your favorite book, but it would exactly, look like, like you're looking new, at code yeah. because it would format it. That, uh, Exactly. Well, it's, uh, we've got chat. We've got Chat GPT now. You can just ask for that, and it'll just whip true. it up for you. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yes. Con- convert that War so and true. Peace into formatted C plus plus code. Make yeah. it okay. Look, it's boss mode <laughs> plus plus. I mean, it's sort of like integrating what you know work. You know, it just it's a it's a great concept. Think about it, Lord of the Rings, all the books. <laughs> like everyone's think, like, um, nothing done. Get go to your stand up <laughs> meeting. <laughs> Yeah, nothing right. accomplished. <laughs> that's the real. That's the real love. Because remember, you work from home now, so really, you uh, can just read the damn yeah, book. Right. Yeah, that's true. You could just read the book. It was a good idea in the nineties, <laughs> and get fired. Get fired get later. Fired. <laughs> There's two things I wanted to ask you about, and I can't. I can't decide which one. Um, oh boy! You want to talk about that project we worked on? Uh, you worked on when I was at Disney. 
or I'm going to give you this will be a choose your own adventure. Um, or okay. uh, you just mentioned AI, and mm. there's a there's a lot of AI stuff that's about to happen in games. Um, I'm not sure if it's good or bad. Well, let's talk about AI quickly because, you know, the fancy word that we hardly ever get to use is panacea. The, the, the thing about AI, machine learning, AI, and all that stuff is it was kind of a panacea of solutions for everything that was ever going to happen. And we heard about that for decades. And it's starting to actually become true now. Everyone's like, oh my God, I can do this and that. And I mean, and and I can't believe it's actually starting to happen. You know, like it's really, like it's almost as if, you know, like, you know, flying cars, we've been joking about flying cars and yeah. we all kind of know that until we've solved the power problem, we're never getting flying cars. So it's just not going to happen. Physics, and airplanes, fine, but not a car that lifts right. off horizontally. I thought kind of machine, I thought the AI stuff was kind of be like that. It was always going to be outside of our reach. We always wanted it, could never have it. But here it is now. And when you have your first experience with ChatGPT, you're like genuinely like, 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 kind of like wow this shit is real you yeah, could crazy. fool a lot of people who aren't computer savvy and have never heard of chat gpt to thinking i mean it passes the turing test in my opinion um yeah they had if, an, if you, a writer right at a newspaper that was writing articles for like months they were doing they were using chat gpt to write all the articles really? and no one found out huh. yeah i had it write a nasty letter to customer service at, uh, for me and it, it did a pretty good job right and then you can just do an edit pass on it like you don't have yeah. to you don't yeah. have to take it literally you That's can just right. do a quick pass and save you a ton of time right like this is so amazing you could read lord of the rings <clears throat> sure you could. <laughs> actually what you could do is say to chat gpt could you shrink lord of the rings down into two sentences <laughs> yeah, that's a, you know what that's actually a good idea that's a uh, good idea. Yeah. <laughs> it would spoil it, it's, though. It would spoil a whole story. You think the it would second spoil sentence it? would. Give is there more than that? Uh, I've only seen the, the text <laughs> and the, the visual stuff. Is there? Where, what are the other ones? The music one. Mid. There's Mid Journey. I've seen Mid-Journey that. Journey is is uh yeah very impressive. Mid Journey is the, yeah the the music one is amazing. It actually puts lyrics in, but the words are like AI words. They're not like, so they're like. You What's know how the music like, one? I I haven't tried that one out. Oh, it's no, it'll do anything you want. You could say like rap, symphonic, in the style of Snoop Dogg. So it's those three. The only thing I've seen. This reminds me of um, so back when you know we were for all first starting to get online. The internet was happening, and I was like, oh, neat. There's web pages and blah blah blah. And then you fast forward past that dot com boom just a little bit, and I think universally everybody would look back and go the most significant invention of the last X number of years is the internet because now we're all connected. We can chat, we can communicate, we know we can use maps. It's impacted our life 10 million times a day, every day, every one of us. And it it was pretty quick. I think that span of time and the the evolution of it was not just quick, but super deep and meaningful. So like panacea, it's like exactly what you said. It's like AI was sort of like whatever, and now it's like, oh, I'm kind of using it, and then it's gonna evolve, and maybe we're gonna be using using it more regularly. And I'm just trying to follow that path 
like where does that path lead us to because i'm i'm not sure if it leads us to Mm. a great place or if it leads us to like a very um destabilizing future there was a there was an article um that i was told about this is i'm this is like telephone game now um where there was a writer for the new york times i think had a conversation with a chat bot and apparently this right this writer was interviewing um uh chat gpt or one of these one of these things and it started off really kind and sweet and nice. By the end of it, it got a crush on the writer and insisted the writer uh, uh, divorce his wife and you know leave her for him. You know something something crazy that I was told, and I'm like, okay, okay. I was literally yeah. told just before this call, so yeah, I've got to go I dig this it. up. But it seemed like I knew yeah. it just enough to be dangerous with this. Have you have you read Robo Apocalypse? No. Robo Apocalypse is. Okay, we will add that link. But Robo Apocalypse is a—it's a story about you know the the AI offing humanity, but not like with Skynet. Yeah, I don't need more you. like you know pe- people would get into the elevator and the AI would be like, ah, okay, I'll just turn that elevator off. <laughs> right, right, and stuff more like passive. that. But well, but uh, I, I don't know my my dark version of AI just destroying the the world is is not killing off humanity but like just destabilizing the like the world economy you know it's like i don't know i don't know that we're going to figure out basic impact income basic income fast enough to catch up with the the economic impact that ai is going to have it's just basically going to make like the people that own the systems richer and richer and richer and the rest of us are all just going to – this is my theory. It's just going to settle us down and down and down. Wow, this is getting really dark until we're all like, all right, fuck this. We're going to have to go kill those 17 guys because they got all the money. Give us When the I got into the biz, <laughs> I started learning Photoshop. And I remember it was like Photoshop 1. And it was a lot of artists who were like, oh, computers, you know. And like it was kind of the same vibe, you know, like – and. I think there's going to be a maybe there's going to be a season of like maybe hell or good and then it'll be hell. Like there's going to be some good, you know. There's got to be because you could do so many cool things with it. <laughs> like yeah, it's like the internet. Like you're in you're in the camp of th- this is just a tool. It's a better tool or it's a faster tool or it's a it, it's just going to help us get to great more quickly. So we'll all we'll all be more productive. That's a good optimistic view. We like VR was also feeling like a panacea, you know. VR was going to do everything, and and Zuckerberg bets a huge chunk of his company's future. I don't know, um, you know, uh, to what degree ultimately, but you know, I mean, and it just doesn't materialize, right? It hasn't materialized. I, I have you guys not to pivot, but VR is so damn cool. It is one of the funnest most amazing yeah, yeah. technically brilliant toys you can put on your head that you get bored oh, of sugar, like california yeah. screaming you know what i mean you ride on it two or three times and yes. you're like okay yes. i'm done yes but kids like it though right like they get stuck in there don't they well i've got a 16 year old who got it when he was uh, he had another one before that he had the htc vibe vive and then he, he just had to have the valve index Never uses it. He played the hell out of it for three or four months. So his 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 runway was like three or four months. Yeah. Mine is like five <laughs> days or three days. Like it's like I was playing Beat Saber yeah. and I'd be soaked. 
Yeah, they sent out and the whole helmet headset. They sent me a new face mask, mask because there was a lot you of could ring out oh, the, the, the gasket that goes yeah. around your face just because of that. The sweat would be, and then they fog up, and then it ruins the lenses. Yeah, on the inside. If they can get it down to just like a pair of glasses, like the glasses you guys are wearing, not like yeah. the five pound yeah. goggles, but just yeah that or the AR VR stuff you were talking about. Uh, tell me about Alex, the mixed mixed reality. Mm, I think mm-hmm. that's going to be because I think people getting sick is the biggest, you know, like you start well, to feel yeah, it, it's that and it's the accessibility, like getting that thing out, make sure it's charged, putting it on your head. Yeah, the, that's it's launching not... all the shit on your PC yeah. and getting it all working. Yeah. It's just too much. I got to tell much. you the the quest is actually pretty impressive that way because yeah, it's standalone have, and quest. it's like. Yeah, is that Sony? You, know, you just—that's the, well, it's, the it's Facebook Microsoft. one, the Meta it's one. Meta. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's you, meta. you just put it on your it's head, meta, yeah. and and, and, it's and it cheap. goes. You know, two fifty. Okay. I think. Okay. Light. Uh, really? And I only yeah. play Beat Saber on it too. I think it's two fifty. <laughs> they're like basically giving stuff. Like they just randomly send me like twenty dollars coupons. Like, please buy our games. It's funny that I don't know all the names. I'm not keeping up on it very well, other than what I pick up anecdotally from my kid, my one kid, my I have four, but the the youngest one, who's the only one who gave a shit about it, really uh, makes me feel like an old man. But I'm not hearing the word VR thrown around. I'm just not hearing the word. Mm. It's not in the zeitgeist. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yes. Are you going to dice? You you are going to dice next week. I know you're going to dice next week. I am going to dice. So if uh, you know, if anyone's this on will this, come out after. This will come out after dice. So you can't invite anybody to go see a dice through this. Okay. <laughs> okay. Stop that. Stop that right now. Can you cut that whole part right out? Like, cut it out. You sure? Do you do? You, I haven't been to a show in three or four years. Yeah. Me too. Three, three you, years. You miss it. You miss it. Um. Are you? Are you? Do you like those things? I really love those things. I was eleven out of ten at GDC uh, back in um, ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand. It was just so much fun. Uh, and then the the you know you do get settled down where you can only take so much. Um, I'm going to over-index a little bit next week um, because I'm taking some time off too and I'm going to lean into it a little bit because I didn't get out much. Um, But honestly, uh, you know, Gamescom in Germany is probably more, more of a of an event of a thing that I'm excited about um, because you know, that you get to eat that good German food. I'm sorry, but man, they, that stuff is amazing. (laughs) The shit that they sell at the, train station is better than anything i eat Dude, on a regular basis. train station <laughs> sandwiches my wife makes those it's just butter, cheese and ham and it's and cucumber and it's so good maybe some tomato it, lettuce and it's freshly baked and we, yeah. could, we could do a whole we could go down a rabbit Pretzel hole right bread. there but. i've never been i've never been to gamescom it's it's like it's like a triple e3 yeah it is. it's a better e3 huge huge yeah. So I don't know. I'll tell you what happens at Dice. I think mostly it's just getting back and seeing what's going on here, hearing what's you know the word on the street uh, with the recession in quotes kind of coming. Uh, I think that the VC money is you know drying up a little bit. 
Uh, you read lots of articles about how people who got a first round might not get a second round. They're going to winnow the the startups down a little bit. And so I'll, I'll get some real word on the street, you know, boots on the street, kind of find out what's mm -hmm. going on out there. Mm -hmm. um, find out what's going on technically is, is you know, is, uh, you know, where are people at with Unity? Because uh, Unity was ruling, the, we're starting to rule the world, but, you know, Epic's not, you know, down, but they're not out in terms of the, you know, the every man's engine. Um, it's just really kind of getting all the gossip from all the four yep. corners, you know, and figuring yeah. out what's going on. Did did uh, did you used to do like presentations or talks at GDC? I did. They'd invite me and they'd treat me really good. You know, they'd never pay me for doing a presentation, but they'd set me up in a oh, room. They wouldn't pay you, huh? They, you didn't get paid? No, I got okay. Paid. Here's a little. What's that? I said I got. Wait, paid. you got paid? <laughs> yeah, and I got a room. Um, it's awesome. They even give you a car and a driver. But, oh, I'm stop just it. kidding. Chris is like, what? <laughs> <laughs> just, well, that was I'm good. I'm a shitty good negotiator job. because I've flown all. I've flown all over the world, and I'm. I was paid. I think maybe once or twice and i think it was a lot of times it's just that i booked my own flight and they paid me for my they gave me the cash for the flight and maybe they rounded it up to a near to it to the nearest hundred or something and i was like wow that's cool but no i i actually enjoyed getting out talking i did a lot of talking one of my favorites was i went to bogota colombia in 2017 and when they invited me down, I was like, oh, Bogota, Columbia, sounds kind of fun. But, you know, hmm, on the edge. And they said, but Nolan Bushnell, the founder of Atari, will be there. And I went, I will go all the way to Bogota if I can hang out with Nolan. For those, for those who don't know Nolan Bushnell, he's an amazing... Um, uh, 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 what do you... Luminary... Uh, uh, founding he's father a, of gaming. He's a founding father of, yeah, founder of Atari. Yeah, oh yeah. just huge, right? Other things, so anyways, yeah. I went down to Bogota, and we, we got on stage. We had a fireside chat together. We had lunch together. We went out and had shots later. Don't oh. do shots at 6,000 feet altitude with <laughs> Nolan Bushnell. You will fail. Oh, my goodness. System <laughs> failure. Okay, yeah. I was you sick. Extra life, please. Hyperspace, hyperspace. <laughs> hyperspace. Oh, he sat down at lunch with me. Nolan Bushnell sat down at lunch with me and walked me through the electronics design of asteroids. Get out. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And get did, this. Did you understand it? Was 2017. It? What's that? Yeah. Did you understand it? Was, it? Uh, yeah, because I, I was following perfectly. He... He literally walked me through how the logic board had to be further away from the video board because the video board, because basically in a in a game like Asteroid, you have a vec, uh, vector display, which means you're changing the voltages of the um, the deflector coils to draw all the asteroids. Right? It's not a raster display; it's a vector display. So huh. basically, they had to t they 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 the, the the vector displays of the day were really deep. They were really too deep for the arcade. They couldn't put these machines into the arcade with these big yokes on them. So they had to shorten up the yoke of the vector display, which means you had to crank the voltages. So when they had mm. the video board next to the logic board, the, the literally the electromagnetic radiation was crashing the board. So they had to oh, wow. move the boards apart. Okay, this is great stuff. And we're sitting at breakfast <laughs> and he's walking me through it. And he's like, and we use the display to debug the logic because the scan, we could set it up with a scan line and make an oscilloscope out of 
the screen with a, and I said, and you put a little resistor on? He said, yeah, we put a resistor in order to get the voltage. And I was like, ah! I completely nerded out with Nolan. Completely <laughs> nerded out. Greatest breakfast, random. I went down to the hotel restaurant. You know, you do this routine and you're going and you're going to eat alone like a total loser. And there's <laughs> Nolan hotel. And you're like, um, can I uh, sit and have breakfast with you? And he's like, yeah, come on. And I'm like, oh, God, I've died and gone to heaven. That was a greatest. Awesome. That was one of my greatest he, he, experiences. He, he looks like the friendliest guy. Sounds like he is he's great. the friendliest guy. That's awesome. Love him. Love him. I got a great photo with him. We talked. It was just wonderful, wonderful experience. But those are those are a little rare, you know. Yeah. I gave talks in Red Square, not the actual oh, wow. Red Square, but near, in Moscow, right near the Red Square. Hey, that that reminds me. Have you seen the trailer for the Tetris movie? I did yesterday. Does, doesn't doesn't that look movie? pretty cool? Yeah. Well, I heard they were making a Tetris movie, and I was like, "What? That's so dumb." But like, I saw the trailer. It's, I don't know if it's, it, I mean, it says true story. I, and I don't, I think it, it kind of seems a little far fetched, but if it's a true story, it's like, so it's this, it looks good. I don't know. I, I'm like, this looks good. Maybe it's like, you know, the social network where they told the Facebook story. Oh, yeah. That was a good movie. Yeah. 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 I think it so, kind of so, has that vibe. Chris, I don't know if you were around Microsoft, like the the Supreme Commander Dungeon Sea days. If you met Alexei Pajentov, because he was he yeah. was working at Microsoft those years. Yeah, in fact, he still lives here. And I was at dinner the other night, okay, with my with my uh, colleague, and he walked into the restaurant with his wife. And I stood up and I said, "Hey, Alexei, how you doing? It's been a long time." And and uh, he's. He he was looking really tired. Maybe he just was working on the working on the show because they had to have used him as a subject matter expert for the Apple special, right, or yeah. the Apple show. So he, I just saw literally him. that blew my mind when I got to Microsoft. I had no idea he was there. Yeah. I walked. I was walking down a hallway, not like five hundred yards from our space. Alexei Patchtop, for those of you who don't know, the inventor of Tetris, the most popular yes. game of all time ever in any universe. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. crazy. So, yeah, you, and so you hang with him too, huh? You're you are yeah, like, well, I I've got you're lots the Godfather. of. Godfather. He he basically he basically was um, very accessible at Microsoft, and he was at trade shows. He was very good friends, of course, with Hank Rogers, who was the gentleman who actually took the game and went to Nintendo and introduced it to Hiroshi Yamauchi, the chairman or CEO at the time, I guess, and they put it on the Game Boy. So I'm super excited about watching the show because I'm friends with Hank Rogers, and I'm going to be asking him, did they get this right? Because you obviously are going to be, he's going to be portrayed. He may actually be the protagonist or the main character in the show. That might be the portrayal of Hank Rogers. Yeah. If you guys don't know yeah, who Hank Rogers like. is, he's, he's the, the founder right? of Blue Planet, Blue Planet Software. Or Bulletproof. Sorry, I got that wrong. Well, he was the founder of both. You see, he founded Bulletproof Software, and that was the company that I think did the deal to bridge Alexei to Nintendo. And then he sold that, and he started a new company called Blue Planet, because it had the same initials, Blue Planet's offered BPS. Mm. And um, uh, I'll, I'll definitely be checking in with him and asking him if they got the story right, which is going to be so really cool. So 
he's when the guy I, I, who was uh, taking Tetris around to sell it to people. Is that is that what? Yeah, he, he doing? just. Okay, so the way I understand this story, and I hope I'm at least close, is that Hank, being uh, kind of a man of the world, he traveled all around. He played Go with um, the, the the chairman of uh, Nintendo. Uh, his relationships were just extraordinary. He 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 knew people. He he was a he was the Marco Polo, you know, of 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 the of the world of digital entertainment. And he basically ran into he put all these pieces together and he brokered the deal. And I think he got a little taste of that deal to get Tetris running on the on the uh, on the little Game Boy, black and white Game Boy. And that's, um, that's amazing. So was that that was that, so really... that was like the breakout. That's like the breakout platform for Tetris was the Game Boy version. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you played the Battle Royale version? Oh, I have. <laughs> Battle Royale. Are you kidding? There's a yeah, Battle Royale. I played it on the on Switch. On the Switch. On the it's Switch. on the phone too. It, I think it's insane. It's um, it's good. I, I and I was really trying. Oh, man, I think I think I'm pretty good at Tetris. I'm not, but I think I'm pretty good at Tetris. And have you won? Was humbling. No, I I got like <laughs> I a, never got a thir- I, I got I got to number two. I got to number. But like, when you get number up that two, high, that's I'm just really like really good. It's good, but I'm just like, all right, I got to be playing bots here because there's no way you're freaking this good at Tetris. Like, it could just mm. go so fast. And, oh, I don't know, whatever. I yeah. love Tetris. It's it is such a such a pure, amazingly fantastic design. It is. Have you ever seen? It sorry, is. but you you got to tell your thing. But the last thing I want to say is yeah, yeah, when I was yeah. re, I did some research on Tetris for a, I taught a computer science class, and Tetris was part of that class. I found uh, a video of like the original. It must have been the original version in Cyrillic on a on a Russian computer system. What? You know, yeah, it, it's a it, ASCII base. Looks like you know, looks like whatever the uh, the CPM the the Russian version of that runs in it, and it's like the the ASCII characters, but in Cyrillic are like coming down screen. Crazy. Wow. I got a shirt that I won at Distinctive Software. In like the, the when the Game Boy came out, when it literally came out, the management bought a bunch of the Game Boys, and we had a contest. We had a game. Uh, we had a Tetris challenge, and we had everyone in the company. It was sixty people, and probably twenty joined the um, elimination, and you'd have one cha- Tetris champion. Um, and I'll give you one guess. <laughs> well, you have the shirt. You must have won. <laughs> You're you are. You are correct, sir. And um, I am so stupidly proud of winning that Tetris contest because it was me and another dude who was like one of these Rubik's Cube dudes, right? Who could do things like And I kicked his ass. I kicked his ass, you know, building up the pile of blocks. And I had the one big one on the the left. I mean, that's the best. Come on, dude. Yes. And Man, I that's like a crunchy you get to Dorito. the end game. Love that. You get to the end game of a Tetris session. It's like it gets it can get stressful. It's like yeah. That's, but yeah. Uh, boy, I was congratulations. A you should be proud of that. You should be proud of that. Yeah, that's it. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna get that dig that shirt out. I think maybe and frame it. It's getting more valuable as time as time goes on. And it was, <laughs> it was this Apple movie, whatever it is. This I mean, who 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 could have imagined this Apple movie was just gonna come out of out of is it a movie? Oh, I don't even know. Is what it, is it? Yeah, is it a streaming service I thing? Can't. Like, is it like a, yeah? Yeah. 
It's an Apple TV Plus, and I think it's a movie because I I remember I I do remember when they announced that somebody was making a Tetris movie, and I think in the back of our heads we were all thinking, oh, it's another Tomb Raider movie or Mario movie, but it's Tetris. There's no <laughs> characters. That's dumb. But it's the I, it, it's it's the story of how it came to be. So which right. just from the trailer seems freaking awesome, and your description too sounds amazing. I'm going to be crushed if it doesn't tell the proper human story the actual story of hank i really will be crushed if it's not if or if i've been lied to all these years and it was <laughs> hank who did it right but i got a good feeling about this i really do i think hank's legit and i think he's a and he's obviously a super guy so um and i have a i have a hank rogers story that i i've never told on any public forum where me and hank were out hobie cat on his hobie cat and flipped it out in the pacific ocean maybe that's a story for another day but uh <laughs> What's an Obi really? Cat? Is that is that is that like a, a jet ski? What is that? No, Hobie Cat is a catamaran, a baby, a small scale two man or three man catamaran. If you guys know what a catamaran, it's a double hull yes. sailing yeah. boat which has kind of oh, no... you're fancy, you're fancy with the sailing stuff. Well, I didn't know shit about sailing, and Hank Hank and I head out, and it's just you know the wind picks this thing up, and you're. Psh, psh, you're going out across the water and he's like, okay, we're going to do this and we're going to maneuver and we're going to do the thing. And we flip. <laughs> oh, man. And now I'm underneath the catamaran Uh-oh. in the water. So, you Uh-oh. know, it's like when you have this, this, and the, and the mast was hitting the sea floor because we were, even though we we're out maybe a mile, mile and a half from the, from the coast, the, the water was still shallow. It was crazy. You could see the <laughs> sea floor, right? And the mast was stuck in the sand and he and hank was very clear when he said we need to address the situation in short order because if our mast snaps we're doomed out here oh gosh you'd be stuck out there and swept out to sea that's it and it was sunset it was sunset to make matters worse so we get on the one side and we both with us hanging off the two sort of the upper, the pond, the, the hull that was up out of the water, we're hanging on it and we flip the, the, the Hobie cat over and it continues to flip with momentum. And now I'm underneath the sail. And so I meet, there I am, nothing but sail. And this sail is pretty huge, right? It's a big piece of whatever, canvas, cloth, whatever this, the hyper, you know, it's a high tech nylon or whatever and it's over me and i'm swimming out from underneath the the sail and and hank is doing the same thing and we're like okay okay that was bad but at least we've got the mast now floating like on the surface of the water and we managed to get it back up but this is where it got interesting the wind when we got it stood up hits it and takes off and hank (laughs) gets on and he's disappearing into the distance oh god He bundles up the rope that's dangling. They say this utility rope or whatever, and he throws it out, right? And this thing goes coiling through the air, and the end of the rope lands two inches short of my fingertips. Okay. It's like an action. This is going to be in the movie. They got to put this in the movie. It's going to be in the Chris Taylor movie. Yeah. It'll have to be in my movie, sadly. (laughs) And then the rope does this little thing where it goes. And disappears. It skips over the water, like just just gone, right? And I'm like, no. So I go into like the most insane uh, front crawl, chasing this rope as it's disappearing. And Hank's on the boat. It was so great. It was one of my greatest stories. Did you catch the rope? 
Yeah, to, ca- to catch the rope. It was a new game. <laughs> catch the rope. Oh, catch it's the a rope. game. Yeah. Cut the rope. Cut the rope. So I had a great time. But how did you, you know, get on the I, boat? He finally managed to loosen off the sails. That was the trick. That was the key to the whole uh, thing. He had to loosen the sails. Oh, and then the you sails. caught up to him? And then I, then, I, then I was able to keep power, power like bionic man style, like just turn it everything up to 11. Brrr, I'm not dying out here, mother. Yeah. And there was no like, was there, what was in the, what was in the bottom of the water? Was there like coral and stuff or was it just sand? I remember sand. I do. Okay, I remember yeah. it very clearly. Those moments. And this, and, wait, did you say this was Hawaii? This was Hawaii. We were out in Hawaii. Wow. Okay, well, yeah. at least you were in a good place, you know. You were yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah, goodness that... you caught up with that boat. What I mean, could you imagine? Yeah, right. Well, I had a life vest on, so I would have probably been adrift at sea because the water was warm for days before I finally succumbed to exposure in the elements. Uh, you you would have um, got picked up by like a creatures or something. Or, yeah. Eaten. Yeah. Oh, that'd be a dark way to spend the night, yeah. floating adrift in the ocean. Oh, oh thanks. Mm. No, yeah, it all just movies, none of it. There's been a few movies so, like that that, that was terrifying. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I appreciate you guys uh, engaging or uh, entertaining me telling that story because it's a story I don't. It's it's not a very relevant story that often because a lot of people don't know who Hank is and they don't know much about the the the, the fact that there's this whole backstory to Tetris and uh, this has just been it's it was one of the. You know, it was a piece of history I was in, you know? And that's, I think, what we all kind of feel like from the games industry. We were a part of this really cool history. It's like the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. This is probably the first act, you know? We had a part to play in the first act of this industry. Yeah. Interesting to see where it's going to go next. Hopefully the AI will be gentle with us. Let us win a couple yeah, rounds, you know? Terminate us. <laughs> You're terminated. Chat, no right, chat, Chris. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Chris. Uh, you very generously gave us an hour of your plus of your time of yeah. some fantastic conversation. Thank you I for being part of our, our little corner of the podcast universe. Yeah. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to meet All you, right. Aaron. It was a pleasure to meet you too, Chris. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to get into, and I'm like, man, I have so many, I have more questions for you. You're gonna have to come back on because I wanted to oh, ask you about. Yeah. yeah, there's so many other things <laughs> that we could talk about. Kickstarter, Dungeon Siege. We didn't Ooh. even talk about Dungeon Siege. Yeah, we didn't talk about Endless Empire. That was that, Endless that was, Empire, that was Wild time. Man, Kings and Castles. All these yes. things are yeah. mysteries. They're like yeah. they're like uh, Mayan temple ruins or something that all need to be explored. And <laughs> and the explained. movie, the Dungeon Siege movie. We need like there's so much. There's oh. so much. Oh, <laughs> you guys, you got you got. Can I squeeze one anecdote in? There is nothing weirder and sweeter than coming up with some stupid shit when you're 17. In high school, and then seeing Burt Reynolds say lyrics, say, say now the lines, and you go, oh, that, that. that's amazing. That was a good moment, and people were like, why yeah, would yes. you ever license your game to Uwe Boll? And I was like, how many movies have you made? Yeah. The that shuts the mind up. How many movies have you made? I didn't make a movie, but I got close. And it was good enough. Yep. So, 
on that Amazing. note, I guess I should. Yes, on that note. All right. Thanks, Chris. We'll see you around. Okay. Yeah. Take care. That was great. I have two corrections. Two corrections from the interview. You're just going to go oh, straight the- to the corrections. Well, well, hold on. I want to tell you one great thing. After we, you, and this is the truth. Right after we got off the the call with him, I texted you right away and was like, "He's a really cool dude." Remember? Like, I really meant it. <laughs> yes, like, I was I like, do. "Dude, he's really cool." Uh, I didn't know what to expect. I like Chris a lot. He's got a huge heart. Um, he's energy. super creative, super high energy. When yeah. I was at Disney, I so this was. I think the job that I had at Disney was perhaps the greatest job one could uh, uh, get in the games business. It was basically you should go get it again. I to be, you know, <laughs> well, not, it doesn't exist anymore. But Alex is looking for a job. Everybody, no thanks. Right. Not really. <laughs> but it was like this giant sandbox. You know, it's like okay, there's all this stuff here. You know, I and there's budget. Just talk to the whoever you want. And so, you know, we were talking to, you you name you name them, like the best devs we were talk, having meetings with, and we mm. were plumbing the vaults of the, uh, of the um, archives, you know, from Haunted Mansion to whatever. Mm. And um, Chris, I knew, uh, I knew his work very well because, like we were talking about in the interview when, when the conversation, when uh, Total Annihilation came out, um, I, you know, we we were about to. We, I think it was, Myth had, I think it either just come out. It was right when Myth was coming out, and I was like, "Oh, wow!" You know, because that was it was pretty popular. Total Annihilation was. Mm-hmm. So um, I got a chance to work with Chris on a project, to basically just doing pre production on uh, on an idea, a passion project of his, which was so cool. Um, it was a little before its it? time, but it was it was in the. It was in the the um, the genre of like as a player world building like as a player like you you know kind of start alone in the woods and and build your own oh like a survivor get these new ones the like not a, it like, wasn't really a survivor there wasn't there weren't the zombies around that were going to eat you it was purely the oh at night the creative ex, ex, uh, expression you know that part which yeah. was pretty cool. A lot of his Crafting games have that ahead of their time thing, you know? Like the dun- one of yeah. the things about Dungeon Siege was the game had no loading screens. That was one of the big things, right? I could tell he's a hard worker because he's like, you want to make something to make people late? I could see it on his face. Like he's very – his face is a book. He's very – I think I was telling <laughs> you, like you, you were saying that when you were listening to the, the, the thing that like there's some gaps because he was talking with his face a lot, you know? Um, a lot of expressions. Expressive. Yeah, he sent me a picture from Dice. He he ran into to uh, Marty O'Donnell, who did uh, all the music for for Halo. Oh, cool. <laughs> he sent me a. It must have been a drunken a selfie they sent at ten o'clock last night. <laughs> oh, the two corrections before I forget, because I like literally, the first one was missed. The first missed was on one CD. The second one was on five CDs, which is Riven. Right. And that's what I was thinking of. And then the other correction is I had mentioned the Onyx machine, but it was actually the Oxygen. The O2, Mm. I think they were called. The O2. That's what I animated. Yeah, we had those. Yeah. That's what we animated on top. So I think the Onyx is specifically for editing. Soft homage. Is that what it was? 
Yeah, Soft Image. We were using Soft Image yeah. at the first studio I worked at. Yeah. You know what I you know what I downloaded and started playing on my phone last night? What's that? Here, I'll, I'll, I'll show you. Tell you tell me if you can tell what this is. I'm going to show you. Is that a mud? It's Zork. Yeah, Zork. Those are called muds, <laughs> yes. right? Yes. <laughs> You're playing a mud, dude. I'm playing. Just, yeah. You've gone like all. And you know the what I'm going to do? I'm going to yeah. I'm going to uh, I'm going to map it using Miro. Oh, you know that's because cool. the problem. I would always have is you'd start making a map, you know, on a piece of paper, and then mm-hmm. you'd get to the edge of the paper and you couldn't. Oh, I gotta get another piece of paper and tape it together. Yeah, yeah. Miro, you just keep going, dude. No Miro problem. Miro is the best. Does Google own Miro yet? <laughs> it is the best. No, but somebody told me Miro. Ever. They raised like a ton of money. Like they're got a multi-billion dollar evaluation already. I I uh, I put a post on my on my linkedin about um work from home because you know uh was it activision announcer they're requiring everybody to come back to the office i think a couple other companies have done that too Um, but i I, you didn't know that no did you apply there that's funny (laughs) what's that but did i I was making a joke did you not know and you applied so you're gonna have to like i did not apply i haven't applied anywhere alex I've been I've been looking forward good. to our podcast. Good. That's good. We're gonna, Me too. <laughs> that, this is this is the the fourth curtain is the only job I have right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're true artists. Um, yeah, we but are. Uh, but what we need is I what I I was making a point about when you're in a studio together. There's a lot of dis- like extra information you get. There's a lot of information discovery. Like you, if you yeah, you walk by people. Around, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you can see what somebody's working on, and and okay, now I know that thing is in production, or oh, that looks like that, or oh, I have an mm-hmm. idea, or oh, how did mm-hmm. you do that? Like, you're if you're in the, I know, I know that the the classic, you know, water cooler conversation, but sometimes those actually, all of those things, all of that information, and all those interactions, etc., they all they all help lubricate the wheels of iteration. Yeah, they're crucial. I think and actually. Yeah, and and that was one of my big, you know, one of the things I thought was a big challenge for the studio that I was always thinking, oh, how can we get that, if we're all working wrong, how can we get that back? I never quite figured that out. Um, but yeah, you're talking about like, oh, Slack can open up into this room. If there was some way for us to be expo- exposing more information safely, I guess, but like in a way where we could get some of that back i think that would be cool i don't know what it is yeah you know it's funny you bring that up because i knew a guy who i worked with here in houston actually at a medical animation studio i actually animated gary Busey's face getting lifted off his face he had a surgery (laughs) where they had to lift yeah they lifted his the top half of his face over his head to perform a surgery on his is this a real thing that he had this is yeah, you could see like this actually after like you could see before and after pictures of him and his face looks a little different. It's because that was huh. post surgery. And they were do we were doing something for the Discovery Channel and at that studio there was the the head guy. I think it was the head guy. No, it was one of the other guys. It wasn't the head guy. One of the guys there, he would get like animation jobs, right? And then he started to outsource his work to someone else because it was because it was so much and then he realized he found like a way that he could balance 
what he had to do. And then just, it was easier to make. He basically like, it was a really interesting thing. And I don't know if that's outsourcing your work. And so you could do your job type thing. Hmm. Does that make sense? So it's like, it's like hiring an assistant (laughs) with your paycheck. (laughs) It was very, very interesting. And it was okay because the work was still getting done. I don't think it was like against the, uh, the, it's like using an AI now, you know, but you're using a real human to do something for you. Like hiring an assistant. It, It is, it is. It did, you know, the the last couple of years did definitely make me think a bit about um, how we we think about um, our time and who owns our time. You know, like the, the traditional. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long yeah. this goes back, but like the traditional relationship Ford. between employer and employee. Yeah, Ford. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, did Ford invent this? I guess so. Ford I mean, invented like, the hey, seven day forty work? hour work week. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to give you a job, and here's the here's the uh, here's how this works. You come to my place for eight hours a day, five days a week, and I pay this much, and I will tell you what to do. I'm pretty yeah. much like I'm buying your time. I'm buying 40 yeah. hours of your week, and here's what it's worth. you know. And working from home, like it made me think that that deal doesn't really make so much sense because I'm not <laughs> asking you to come to my house for 40. I'm not asking you to go to an office for 40 hours. I'm basically yeah. just asking you to do X, Y, and Z. It's like, hey, we got a project right. that needs X, Y, and Z. This is for you to do. Can you do it's X, like Y, and Z? And I, I've, yes, and I've started, I've, I've, I pitched this idea and it went nowhere. <laughs> but the idea of like hey, maybe we should be shifting the relationship that we have with our teammates from – I'm going to buy 40 hours of your time to, hey, this is all the work we have to do. You know, which which work do you want to do or which work do we think you should do? Here's the list. And we'll pay for that. Dude, that's how industrial toys used to be. Well, was it? It was. Yeah, because it was like <laughs> the deal was – or no, before EA maybe is what I mean. Yeah, and before the pandemic. Because before it was like, you could take as much vacation as you want. And it's like, this is what we have to do. And you could come in whenever you want. You know what I mean? It was That was kind of the vibe. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. no one really ever took vacation. <laughs> Everyone was just doing what they had to do. It had the opposite effect. I think like one <laughs> dude once took like a month off or something, but was able to get their, done, their stuff done. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. just, it is a very different vibe when it's... Uh... When it's smaller, dude, and- need to or have to? It's this. We're, dude, we just circled back around. It's like you're a pro. I don't know how you did that. <laughs> Do you have notes? I don't either. <laughs> I have notes. Yeah. Pleasure spending uh, the afternoon with you, Aaron. I think this show's in the can. Likewise, as thank always. you all for hanging out with us. Till next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Fourth Curtain Podcast. To get a peek at upcoming episodes or to send in questions to the show, visit our site at thefourthcurtain.com. And be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>